This is an Area Code podcast. Hi, I'm Amy Simmons. And I'm Crispin Mayfield. And welcome to the Attached to the Invisible podcast. I am so excited to share this interview with you with my friend KJ Ramsey. She is the author of This Too Shall Last and also has authored several articles about interpersonal neurobiology um, and other sorts of brain science stuff and faith. She is a great follow on Instagram and Twitter, and she has a very thoughtful, I think it's monthly, email that I would totally suggest. She has so much great stuff. I will put in links to all of those in the show notes. I'm just really glad that she took some time to talk with me about earned secure attachment. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, and I'm really excited to jump in. So, KJ, thank you so much for taking some time to talk about earned secure attachment today. I'm really excited about this topic. It's actually a part of attachment theory that I forget about all the time because <laughs> you just sort of start with like, yeah, here are like the styles and then you don't really think about like, oh, yeah, there's actually like healing that can come. Yeah, like we can change. Right. Yeah. The good, the good news. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's but yes, it's good to be with you today. Yeah. Um, I was thinking we could just start with your background in spirituality and attachment. Um, and so that's something that we initially connected on because um, you're also a therapist and uh, mm-hmm. love doing research and also a theologian and also love doing research there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, you know, let me know where, uh, where this started for you. So I come at this subject and work both personally and professionally. So it's come first personally through my own need to make sense of my story. And in the language of attachment and in the language of interpersonal neurobiology alongside the truth of our union with Christ, I found the words and the story that made sense of my story um, of, of suffering and of sorrow and of trauma, but also of joy and resilience and courage. And that also came together at a time when I was training to become a therapist. Um, And so in the wonder of this makes sense. And this is why I am who I am and why I can continue to have joy in a story that is very hard. I wanted to be able to invite other people into that wonder and into that sense-making and that capacity to have joy and change happen in places that we normally wouldn't expect. So... Mm. That's the personal and the professional coming together. And so I've been writing and basically when I talk about research, do, like taking other people's research and synthesizing it and summarizing it and bringing it together, bringing disciplines together into a way that 
everyday people who aren't going to go read journal articles can understand and apply to their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think about, I think it's in The Body Keeps the Score that Vander Kolk says that like most psychological research is me-search. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Yes. Which is totally what I love about attachment theory is when you get into it and you're like, oh, this totally explains why I feel the way that I feel and like why I relate to others and to God and to myself in the way that I do. And it like creates a kind of like a coherent story that we can see like the beginning of. And then like what you're saying, like then we also know where story goes forward from there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah. all of the nerdy stuff has made sense of mm-hmm. my story at least to an extent right because there's there are things that we will never understand but right. it makes sense in a way that pulls us forward and gives us hope for where we're headed mm-hmm. so it's a way to bring the past together to the present in a way that gives you hope for the future Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So I want to ask in a minute about what earned secure attachment is, mm-hmm. but just to start with, what is the hope that as you're digging into attachment research, what's the hope that you find there? So the hope that I find in both attachment research and general like, interpersonal neurobiology, but also union with Christ and things about spiritual formation is that we can experience growing connection and joy in our lives. And that that happens in the middle of our distress and dysregulation. Mm. And so the hope is that all these places that we want to escape actually can be the starting point of something remarkably beautiful. And, and that's what I experience in my personal life all the time. Mm. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the hope for the future is that there is connection and there Mm. is joy possible. Mm -hmm. And I, personally want to pursue that but I also want to invite other people into that so badly because I know how beautiful it is I've tasted it and I have to share it you know mm-hmm. yeah right I love that and we're going to talk in a minute about like the role of suffering not the not the tool of suffering as though it's like purposeful but mm-hmm. the way that uh when we're in suffering that that is a place where God meets us um, but before going there, what's what is how would you define earned secure attachment? Yeah, so when we talk about, as you know, attachment, adult attachment is making sense of our story. Mm-hmm. So having a coherent life narrative. So I think of earned secure attachment as the story that we tell ourselves about who we are and what we have lived, and where we are headed, and that that story is more coherent and full of possibility and joy when we have experienced another person being deeply attuned to us. 
So earned secure attachment is what happens when you experience another human being attuning to you, being empathetic, safe, and focused on you and what you have lived in such a way that that makes space inside yourself for you to see your story, both past, present, and future differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I would define it. Right, yeah. I think and it's based there's... on a million people, of course. I didn't come up with that. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, but... it makes me think about like the kind of, I think about this link between secure attachment and self-compassion. When we experience someone else that has compassion for us, then we build that within ourselves to be able to, rather than like when we're suffering, rather than blaming ourselves and being like, it's because you didn't do this or like, why can't you be tougher or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If we have someone that responds to us compassionately in our suffering, then we build that capacity in ourselves to Mm -hmm. like look at ourselves in the same way. Right. It's And that self-compassion is a massive part of it and the compassion that we experience from others. And it's also just like this safety, this, it is at its base, this willingness to pay attention, like that mm-hmm. somebody would pay attention to you and mm-hmm. what you think and feel mm-hmm. and what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And that that is remarkably powerful mm-hmm. and cha- it alters the course of our life. Yeah. So. Right. So you are a, a public theologian, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm going to say that you are. Thank that's you not, for saying that. That's not self-proclaimed. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to like float this idea to you around in earn secure attachment and get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like there's a lot of talk in scripture about transformation. Um, mm-hmm. And this has actually been on my mind a lot because I've been re- uh, reading and listening to The Voyage of the Dawn Treader mm. by Lewis. It's my and- favorite of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And like talking about how Eustace starts off as a dragony boy mm-hmm. um, and ends up uh, a nicer boy uh, is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's my like editorializing of it. Um, and, and throughout scripture, like there is this talk of like transformation and change. Um, and a lot of times that's been taken to mean that like in order to, to have this attachment and closeness with God that we need, we have to change. Mm-hmm. Right? We change. Like, you are bad. You need to be changed. Right. Yeah. And it's like this thing that happens where we are, we're changed and therefore we can get closer to God. And of course, like a lot of our theology says, no, that's not what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that the, the cross paid for it all. But there are people like John Piper that say, like, God doesn't really delight in you as you are, but God delights in every step that you take towards looking more like Jesus, which is sort of a way of saying, like, <laughs> I love the face that you're making. Sorry, I'm like throwing up in my mouth. <laughs> right. Which is like a, a you know, it is a, a way of saying that like we, in order to get close to God, we have to change for him to be pleased with us. And here's what I think is that the change that happens is actually in some sense how we view ourselves. I think because we grew up in an imperfect world, we start with this sense of ourselves as unlovable Um, Mm -hmm. on a spectrum. If you've gone through a lot of attachment trauma, then you feel very unlovable um, or other factors, right? And I think it's 
and I, I'm pulling on other people's research. Uh, Susan Eastman wrote this book called Paul and the Person, where she kind of talks about this. And it's actually in this new relationship that we view ourselves differently. And therefore, we become different people, not because we like fundamentally change, but because we fundamentally change our sense of self within this new healthy relationship. Absolutely. And I wonder like... I don't, yeah, like what your take on that would be in, when you like read the story of scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, that like, is a massive question. <laughs> that but, is right. <clears throat> but I wonder if that like, if that resonates or if there are like any nuances that you would. Oh, it absolutely resonates because I think, well, first, okay, throw another wrench in here. Yeah. Like, God is both within and above time and space. Mm -hmm. So the salvific action of Christ on the cross is within our experience of time and space Mm -hmm. of actual years and days and bodies here Mm -hmm. and now. But God is the author of all of that and stands like I said, both within it and above it and Mm -hmm. beyond it. So what has been true about who we are, about what Christ crucifixion and resurrection and ascension accomplished within us of Mm -hmm. uniting us to God in a sense has always been true. Mm. So Mm. there is no time that that was not true Mm -hmm. within the heart of God. Mm. so anyway that's just like a another wrench of like our perception of what of where we stand with god and when did when did our closeness to him become possible is that's for us time bound but god is not just in this linear time structure that we are Mm-hmm. He comes to us within it. So I don't know. That's just like a, a like theological wrench to throw in there that right. this is, there is a sense of, there's like a perception, but mm-hmm. I so resonate with what you're saying. I think that the course of faith is this sinking into a awareness of who we always have been Mm. to God. Mm -hmm. I love that. Which is love. We we are loved. Mm -hmm. We are delighted in. Mm -hmm. We are, we have always been worth him becoming embodied and walking and dying and rising for And it is the course of faith to become increasingly aware of how true that is Mm -hmm. and how true that always has been. Mm -hmm. And that's always who I have been. And I just, I haven't always been aware of it, but Mm -hmm. I can be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you pretty wholeheartedly. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, you're, I love that. Like the course of faith is like increasing earned attachment. Mm-hmm. Right. Like going from this place of like, I don't know if I'm loved to like, I know that I'm loved. 
and I can step into that. Yeah. And that's always been my truest self. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the self that feels unlovable and um, wandering. I don't know what else, what other words I would use. That's not I like really the word who lost. I am. Lost. I like that too. That's basic. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah right. But not, I was, didn't have the word for it. Yeah. Like that's not who I really am, mm-hmm. which doesn't dismiss the feeling of, right. of, of abandonment or of mm-hmm. discouragement or distress. Those mm-hmm. actually then become the prompts that help me sink mm-hmm. down into facing who I really am and that God sees it all and loves it all. Mm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I th- you just said something there really important. Like, can you tell me about the prompts part? Like, Oh, well, yeah, that's central to everything in my life <laughs> and in my work. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay. And I'm try to pull this into our sense of like, earn secure attachment, but also um, what does it mean to like, to be a good Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's what kind of messes up the, <laughs> you, you totally know where I'm going with that. You're like, uh-huh. you know that I was about to cuss and I did it. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> well, can you, cuss. I could see your, it on your face. That's great. Um, so, okay. We, tend to think that we live in this order where we think you have to believe the right things and do the right things in order to be good. Mm -hmm. And so we live on the plane of belief and behavior and what what is actually what pull what changes us and pulls us into knowing we're loved is not like reordering our beliefs and our behavior. It's not the duty to do that. It is both um, experiencing delight mm-hmm. and being delighted in mm-hmm. and experiencing our distress and that that distress can be soothed by another person. And so when we talk, when I bring up that all our feelings could be prompts Mm -hmm. to sink further Mm -hmm. into who we really are, what I'm talking about is that God made us whole bodied people Mm -hmm. with senses and emotions, which are first and foremost bodily sensations that are asking us to stay awake and aware Mm -hmm. to the present Mm -hmm. moment, Mm -hmm. but are also tying us to our past because our emotions, our feelings, our sensations are constantly tied to what we've already lived. That's Mm -hmm. what's helping us make sense of our world and respond to it. And helps us stay alive. Emotions are- Helps us stay alive. Right. We got to keep track of how things felt before so that we don't go into danger again. Right. Yeah. It's like keeping us safe. Um, And that is all inviting us to be present. And faith is not about saying, 
I'm okay because God loves me. It's about looking at where I am and turning toward the God who's already looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You're okay. I'm with you. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's a fundamental shift that has to happen there between like reordering our beliefs and behavior to mm-hmm. being present to our bodies and our savior who is here and loves us mm-hmm. and is yeah. with us in it. Right. It makes me think about, so uh, emotionally focused therapy, which you have some experience in as well, where the goal with couples, when there's that moment of distress, right? So when it's like, oh, I don't know, you know, my wife just said something and now I feel really insecure and I feel bad uh, because of the tone of voice she used, you know, and in a lot of psychology up until now, it's been like, okay, well, you just need to believe that she loves you. And just push that feeling down of insecurity, right? And just like conquer it. Uh, but in EFT, we say like that feeling of insecurity is is a prompt, to use your word, is a cue to go and get reassurance when we need it, right? Mm-hmm. And to go and tell my wife like, hey, like you use this tone of voice. Like I want to understand what's going on. It feels like there's a rift between us. And that's painful for me because I really like to feel close to you. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, I think that same parallel of like when the insecurity comes up, when the pain or the doubt or whatever it is, like that's actually a cue to bring it to God rather than trying to like stuff it down mm-hmm. and uh, just like carry on with, you know, the life of faith. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not top down people. Right. Sorry about my dog just cried. We're not <laughs> like the way that God made us is not that we can live at the level of what we think about him. We can't live at the level, we don't actually, the way that our bodies and brains work is not that we can just think about what we believe and change it. It's that we actually, it's more of a bottom up sort of sequence of moving back toward God and eventually our beliefs about him and who, and who we are change, but it starts much more from a somatic physical place than Mm -hmm. from a reordered belief structure. So we, we miss like, and I think that's why I use the word sinking because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help us see like, we, there has to be this downward movement mm-hmm. and, you know, you can see me on the screen. I'm like taking my hands going down. It's like, think of your body. Mm-hmm. Think from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. We need a sinking from the way that we think about God and think about our spouse um, or friend in this moment. And you're like, maybe you do believe something that's not true. They do really love you, but you don't feel like that's true. The way that you get to feel like it's true is not through telling yourself it's true. It's Mm -hmm. through sinking to feel in your body the truth of Mm -hmm. feeling a bit unloved, feeling a bit unseen, feeling a bit unheard, and offering space for how that feels and looking to God to see 
do you care about this? And allowing God to care for you there. Mm -hmm. And from that physical place of further down in our bodies, slowing down, we rise to a place of reordered, reimagined belief about Mm -hmm. who God is and who we are. Mm -hmm. And what happens actually, as you know, in our brains, that's the process of reintegration. That's the process of going from being activated and triggered to coming back to a place of wholeness where the parts of our brain are firing and our prefrontal cortex is back online Mm -hmm. and we have a good, calm, integrated sense of self again. Mm -hmm. But it only happens when we first sink down and feel where we're at and bring that to God. Yeah. So what's that looked like in your life? I knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) What's that look like? Well, I just, I find myself like altering between like, I love this conversation of like thinking through things, which is what we do all the time. Yeah. uh, Of like putting together all these different pieces of, of spirituality and theology. Um, But also, I mean, one thing that I love about your writing is it's so it's really vulnerable and you really take these concepts and put it into like, here's what it looks like in a person's life. Here's what it looks Mm -hmm. like in my life. Right. So no, I love that. And I, I anticipated that you would ask something like this. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. Um, something today. I like to keep it very present uh, when I answer these questions, which is probably a little awkward for people who aren't my friends mm-hmm. like you. But I, what was it? Okay. I realized this morning that I have... There's some things happening in my life that have that make me feel unseen and undervalued. And so I could just tell myself the truth. You are of infinite worth. You are loved. God will provide for you. Um, but it turns out that doesn't really like make me feel better. I can try that for a little bit, but it just doesn't sink to the place I need it to. Mm -hmm. And so I gave myself space this morning to acknowledge the feelings that are arising in the situation that's going on. And, you know, one of those things is anger and, to so sitting acknowledging that feeling and like part of what that looked like was paying attention to my body how does this feel physically to be angry right now feel this like sense of unrest I feel I kind of feel this like warmth in my chest and uh this kind of clenched look in my face and my finger and my hands get a little clenched and I So I'm acknowledging that and I'm feeling like the substance of my body feeling angry. And, and then what happens sometimes is like when I make space to feel that physical sensation, sometimes I will like memories will come up even. Mm. So like today, some like the sense of 
my past and my childhood came up and I realized a script in my life is that I always feel like I am second place and that I will never be first. And like, I'm always going to be the underdog who isn't as valued as other people. And there's not that much space for me. And that's, and I hate it. Mm. I'm tired of it. And, and again, like once I'm acknowledging that this is all like in the course of 15 minutes, it's not Mm -hmm. like I just spent the whole, you know, morning (laughs) feeling my feelings, but I'm probably getting into even more detail than you were expecting, (laughs) but, uh, I, yeah. So this is, this is how therapists work, um, and with our personal lives. So Uh I'm like, okay, that is the script that has guided me. So this gets back to earn secure attachment and like how we make sense of our story. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one way I had made sense of my story. You're number two. You don't really matter always going to be this way uh but that doesn't that's not the script i want to live by and i don't actually think it's most true Mm. about who i am and so i spent time i hate that this is always where this happens but in the bathtub (laughs) if you read my book (laughs) there are a couple bathtub stories and uh that's just a spot where like i will let myself get real still and sink literally into the water Mm. and like be, you know, kind of fully exposed with God. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I just spent time saying like, God, this hurts. It hurts to feel undervalued. It hurts to not feel seen. Mm. It hurts to not know if you really want to provide for me. Um, And let myself just stay there instead of trying to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. or the sensation and yeah the growing Mm -hmm. sense out of that is I am seen Mm -hmm. I am loved Mm -hmm. and I don't know what the new script is entirely but I think part of it is it's not about being number one or number two it's that I I made the team Mm -hmm. I get to I get to be part of the team of showing God's love and powerful kingdom to the world and inviting others to come sit on the bench and play in the game with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of my new story. So that's today. So it looks like today. Yeah. I love the part of like bringing that to God and not doing the like fix it thing, which is like a really different paradigm than I think what a lot of us in the church were given for like even what prayer is about or what time with God is about. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's about like about something being changed or like us taking something away or even sort of like a time of evaluation of like, Mm -hmm. what's the plan here or how am I doing or, um, but I love that you're able to step into these moments of with God that are really just emotionally responsive. Kind of this idea of like just being with and being seen. It's the, and it's a practice. You have to like, we have to practice shifting how we relate to God, not as a problem solver, but as a Mm -hmm. person. And like, it takes practice to go sit in that space, whether it's in your bathtub or in a chair Mm -hmm. to 
just let yourself be seen. Mm -hmm. It's this practice of learning how to be still and be there. And you have to, you know, I think that's why things like this conversation are important because hopefully this is a motivating factor for those who are listening Mm -hmm. that it, the uncomfortable process and practice of stillness and solitude are worth doing because mm-hmm. it produces the space. It makes the space where you can be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was thinking you will, you know, I'm like knee deep in writing right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- these things are just like right at the front of my mind, but the first person to name God is Hagar. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this traumatized woman that like names God, the God who sees. And she says in there, like, I'm seen by the one who sees, which just like makes you think about like babies and how like they look up and see their mom looking at them and that like eye to eye contact. And, and it's really not about anything other than just being seen and being with and being cared for. Yeah. It's a really beautiful picture. We want to be like way more, put together and self-sufficient than we Mm -hmm. are. And this is why I think Jesus says we need to have faith like little children. Mm -hmm. Like the path of maturity is actually becoming more like a child. Mm -hmm. It's, it's that interplay of being more like an infant than an adult to like, Mm -hmm. look up, God, are you going to hear my cry? Are you going to come feed me? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you going to come hold me? Um, And he will. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to be willing to be more like infants than self-sufficient, structured adults in order to experience that. Yeah. Um, So as you say that part about like when you cry for God, he will hold you. mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that grew up in the church that – are like, have been told something like that. And they're like, this isn't working. What's wrong? Yeah. Right. What do you think is wrong? What do I think is wrong? Like (laughs) why? Well, why does that, that, why does that happen? Yeah. Why it's not working means I don't feel like he's holding me. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say like, it's not that when I say he will hold us and see us, it's not that we always can sense it. Hmm. There, there's this mystery of um, there's something going on that is both sensed and beyond our senses. And there will be times when we can sense being held hmm. and being seen. And then there will be many times when we can't. Hmm. And this is where I think faith is this practice of trusting in what we cannot see. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't have full answers for it, but I do want to acknowledge that that's real mm-hmm. and that we don't always feel mm-hmm. that God is with us and sees us and holds us. Yeah. But it does change, I think. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about, few minutes ago is this like the role of ritual and 
spiritual disciplines in making space for mm-hmm. us to feel seen and held. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of us who have been wounded by toxic religion and by uh, Bible thumper belief bashers um, mm-hmm. <laughs> have, we, we feel, I think, often a deep distrust of ritual and of um, like anything that stinks of do these things and Mm -hmm. you will be faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a, there's a, a sadness there for me because we do actually need practices that Mm -hmm. form us into people who know they are loved. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that we can experience all the stuff that we, you and I've been talking about this hour without ritual and discipline mm-hmm. to make space. Um, and so the difference is what, like what we bring to these practices and like, even what I just talked about with my morning, like mm-hmm. that's this, practice i spent time being silent that is the practice of silence mm-hmm. and solitude spiritual discipline so we um what we bring really matters because we can come to the space of scripture we can come to the space of silence solitude and other disciplines um centering prayer we can come there with our relational circuits of our brains on or Mm. off, Mm. we can come there looking for God Mm -hmm. as someone who is there and sees us, Mm -hmm. or we can come just focused on our beliefs changing Mm -hmm. or doing this right, Mm -hmm. getting answers. So, right. Yeah. It goes back to that evaluation piece. Like, is it, is mm-hmm. this just a space where we're feeling evaluated? I'm like reminded of like this uh, attachment book on shame where like in unhealthy relationships, the child, he says like only has a sense of being evaluated by the other or evaluating oneself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like, unfortunately really common in a lot of religious systems. Right. Yeah. So we, we have to practice coming into these spaces of spiritual disciplines with a posture of like laying down the posture of evaluation. Am I doing this right? Does God really love me? Mm-hmm. Um, is this, am I good? Yeah. Like, why am I, why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? We have to shift actively practice shifting from mm-hmm. evaluation to this embrace of mm-hmm. I am here. Mm-hmm. Scripture tells me I am loved. So mm-hmm. I'm going to practice that being true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like not why, why am I here or am I doing this right? But who am I with? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that shifts a lot, especially over time. Yeah. I love that. The why versus who. That's huge. 
Hopefully that feels practical for yeah. those who are listening. <laughs> and it makes me think about, uh, I think I've even told you this before, perhaps of like, I used to come approach quiet time as like, I have to take something away from this. Like God is supposed to tell me something or I'm supposed to feel differently. And now I'm like, God, I'm going to give you 20 minutes. And if you want to tell me something, that's great. If not, that's mm. fine too. But I am just committing to give, or even less, you know, or if it's like five minutes in between sessions, like I'm going to give you five minutes of my time. I'm not going to do anything else because I want to be with you, but I'm not, I'm going to leave kind of the expectations of what this should, should look like behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is, yeah, what you're getting at. Yeah. We, I think God is far less concerned with how this should look Mm -hmm. than just is happy to be with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is such a hard thing to take away from some of the teachings that we've been given. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot about in this context, the conversation we're having um, about John 15 and Jesus mm-hmm. talks about abiding in the vine. I am the mm-hmm. vine. You are the branches it says um, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. We can, of course, I think we hear that and come to it like with some fear, unless mm-hmm. you abide in me. And there's parts in that, in that passage about like the branches that don't abide are burned up. And that's real scary, of course. Um, because it, this, this here is an invitation Mm-hmm. abide in me and I and you I am mm-hmm. the vine you are the branches and then like the end of that section Jesus says these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that mm-hmm. your joy may be full like Jesus has joy for us mm-hmm. his joy mm-hmm. the eternal delight that the father has in the son belongs to us Mm -hmm. and is for us and is ours and -hmm. God has in us like for you and me God Mm -hmm. looks at me with delight Mm -hmm. and learning how to abide in him to know that I am so you think about a vine like Mm -hmm. and and its branches the branches are always connected to Mm -hmm. this vine I have to learn how to be aware in my daily life that I'm always connected to Jesus mm-hmm. always. And I can, and, and with that, like you are also a branch. Mm-hmm. You are also part of that vine. Mm-hmm. So you're part of my abiding mm-hmm. and you're also part of where I can learn to experience that this joy that Jesus has for me mm-hmm. is real and true. So mm-hmm. like the synergy that's happening in our conversation, this is part of sharing in and, and tasting the joy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to note for people who are listening, like when we talk about earned secure attachment, we're talking about, yes, we're talking about God, but, but this doesn't just happen between you and God in mm-hmm. the privacy of your study or your bathtub. <laughs> like me, <laughs> this, this happens between each other. This, this mm-hmm. is, happening in the shared space between us and it's something through our attuned presence with each other seeing each other delighting in each other like listening to each other's stories holding space for them that Mm -hmm. is 
also how we learn to live like we really are loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much. I love you putting that together because I think it is so hard. We've been told our whole lives, God loves you. But actually stepping into that like can be really difficult to know how to do. So thanks so much for taking some time to talk about earned secure attachment and what that looks like in relationship with God. It's been my joy. Great. I think that's the, so that's the, the important thing is this is, there is joy here mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, so step toward it. Mm-hmm. It's for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I feel like we could talk another hour. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we will talk another hour in a few months. <laughs> That'd be great. I would love um, that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, KJ. Thanks, friend. This is an area code podcast.